Welcome back to another episode of Become a Calm Mama. I'm Darlene. I'm your host, and I'm a life and parent coach, and I am the founder of the Calm Mama Club. And I am so excited about this episode because last week we talked about how to deal with complaining. And I was kind of talking about like the different ways that parents approach complaining. And I realized that I wanted to go a little bit more in depth about it and talk about talk about this concept of minimizing. And what I mean by that is when your child presents a situation to you, like they don't like what's happening or their teacher at school is, you know, making, you know, making it hard for them or their friend or their coach or their sibling or your rules or their other parent. When something is going on and your kid is either complaining or spiraling into like, you know, a negative thought spiral, something like that. I see parents do this thing that I'm calling minimizing. And here's what that looks like. It kind of looks like us as the parent saying, listen, kid, it's not that big of a deal. You're overreacting. Like, get over it. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And when we do this, when we say these things, like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You can even say it like really nice, like, honey, you know, you don't need to worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. That's not what they meant. Don't, don't worry, right? When you are saying those things, I know that you mean well. What you're trying to do is soothe your child. And you might even be trying to give them a new perspective, right? You're trying to like soothe them and sort of solve for the problem and help them have some perspective on the situation, like, you know, find some freedom and not feel like it's a big deal and not get all stuck on the thing. Yeah. The problem is that your child does not see it this way. When they are presenting a problem to you and you are saying, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. How your child is experiencing this is that they think that you don't really understand them. They don't feel seen by you. They don't feel that their perspective is being validated and, and, and respected. We always talk about like, oh, my kid isn't respecting me. <laughs> it's like a big common thing that parents talk about. Like, oh, it's so disrespectful or they don't respect me. But like when we do this, when we kind of minimize their experience, we're actually not respecting them. We're not seeing them. When you are soothing your child by saying, it'll all be okay, what you're actually doing is you're bypassing their negative emotion. You're sort of skipping the emotion in the moment and going into the future. Like, oh, it's going to get all better. It's not that big of a deal. Like, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. You're going into the future where the thing is already passed through. The emotion is, is done. But you're not allowing the moment where the feeling is being felt. So soothing is lovely. I like that, that you want to be kind and compassionate with your child, but it's actually not compassionate to tell someone it'll all be fine. That's not compassion. It's bypassing. What is compassion is actually validating the emotion that they are currently feeling. Saying, oh, are you feeling worried? Are you feeling angry? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling hurt? Are you feeling confused? Now you're not going to say all those feelings. You're going to pick one and then you're going to ask them, are you feeling this feeling? 
And then that is by you asking, and then they say yes. You go, oh, yeah. And you let your child sit in the emotion for a few moments and let them feel it. Because the way to get to the next emotion, honestly, is to feel the one you're in. And then the feeling kind of passes and the brain catches up and starts offering new perspective. So that's why naming the emotion is really important because it helps your child feel that you actually see and understand them. They feel felt. They are experiencing the empathy that you are offering to them. And I know that this is not an easy task. And, you know, when you first start doing this work, you really want to say, oh, don't worry about it, or it's okay, or, oh, you know. But I really want you to start naming that emotion. Because what it does is that your kid, how they experience emotion is they don't have name for it. So it's just this mixed up feeling inside of them. And it's, you know, it's all sort of messy. And then when you tell them that that messy feeling has a name, when you name the emotion, it's a lot easier to manage it. It's a lot easier to know what to do with it. Dr. Dan Siegel, one of my parenting gurus, he says, name it to tame it. I don't love that because I don't think we need to tame emotion, but I, you know, he does that because it rhymes and I, that's fine. But it's that idea like naming it gives you some power over it, gives you some, some ability to kind of manage it. And then the other cool thing is that when you start to grow as a person and you start realizing like, oh, I have felt disappointment before and I survived that feeling. I have felt hurt before and I knew what to do with it and it was temporary and it passed. So the next time that feeling comes up, your child is able to recognize that feeling and then they might feel less uncomfortable with the feeling. So this is why minimizing isn't really valuable for your child because it doesn't really allow them to feel the feeling. I wanted to give you that, that awareness, right? That the thing that you're doing, that you're trying to help The reason why it's not helping is because it's not actually what your child needs in the moment. Now, once that feeling is felt, you can offer your child a little perspective. I think of perspective offering as emotional coaching. So imagine a situation where your child is learning something new, either like a new sports skill or, you know, they're like trying out for soccer, say, that's coming up this season or they are, you know, doing their math homework, we're about to head back into school. And so, you know, they're doing their math homework, and they're struggling, right? They're so frustrated. They're like, I can't do it. This sucks. I'm so bad at math. Or like, you know, the coach is always yelling at me. Or, you know, the teacher, she doesn't like me, whatever, right? You're going to validate that emotion. Yeah, you're feeling really, are you feeling really angry? Are you feeling really frustrated? You know, yeah, right? Okay. And then you can start to offer some perspective. And one of my favorite sentences, and you might want to write this one down, is saying, my guess is that you'll figure this out. What do you think? Do you think you'll figure this out? That is kind of like a universally appropriate sentence that you can use in almost all of these situations. Like, My guess is that you'll figure this out. What do you think? Or you can also say, you're really blank, so I think you can handle this. Now, when I say blank, I'm thinking like, you're really strong, so I think you can handle this. Do you think you can handle it? 
or you're really smart, so I think you can figure this out, or you're really brave, or you're really funny, or you're really kind, or you're really friendly, right? So you're offering your child a belief, a thought about them, about them. So we're not telling them what to think. We're not saying, well, you know you're smart, right? (laughs) Instead, we're saying, well, I think you're really smart and I think you're going to handle this fine. What do you think? We're offering a thought that they can then borrow from us, a belief about them, a belief that they're smart, a belief that they're funny, that, that they're kind, that they're a good friend, that they're likable, that they're interesting, that they're athletic, that they're strong. Whatever the struggle is, you're like, well, I think this is true of you. What do you think? I think you can handle this. What do you think? I think you can figure this out. What do you think? We want them to be able to think these thoughts. I can handle this. I can figure this out. This isn't the end of the world. Because when they think those thoughts, they are internalizing self-confidence. Instead of having external validation, they are internally validating themselves by deciding, I am smart. I can figure this out. When we propose it like a question and we let them agree with us, well, I think you're really smart. What do you think? Hopefully they say, yeah, I actually am smart. Now, when they think, yeah, I am smart. Yeah, I am strong. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I can figure it out. That's positive thinking, right? That's a positive self-concept. Self-concept is the collection of thoughts we have about ourselves. And so when your child has this collection of positive thoughts about themselves, they have a positive self-concept. And that's what you really want. You often ask me, you know, parents will ask me, how do I make my kid confident? Well, confidence comes from thinking, I can do it. I know what I'm doing. I can figure it out. I can do hard things, as they say, right? So you help your kids develop this positive self-concept by offering them a thought that you have, like, I think you are really smart. I think that. Instead of saying you are, right? It's like, I think you're really smart. And then what do you think? Do you think you're smart? Now, (laughs) I know you are probably thinking, But what if they say no? (laughs) I do want to offer, I will tell you what to do when they say no, but I I actually think that most kids are able to go, yeah, sometimes, okay. And however they answer, it's just great for you to see where they are in their self-concept at that moment. It's just an interesting way to be curious and you've done the compassion and now you're moving into coaching and you're trying to find their negative thought, their negative belief, so that you can coach them towards a new thought. So if they say no, it's not a problem. It's just information. When your child says, no, I'm really dumb, or no, I'm not going to figure it out, or no, I'm stupid at math, or no, I'm not, you know, no one is ever going to like me ever again for the rest of my life. (laughs) You can then start asking some good questions. So one of the questions that I like to ask when I'm coaching is asking them, well, have you ever done this thing before? Right? So we're going to use the example of being smart. 
right? Because if your kid is thinking, I'm not smart, and we say, I think you're really smart. Do you think you're smart? No, no, I'm not. Everyone thinks I'm really dumb. And you go, oh, okay. Well, have you ever been good at something or have you ever figured out something that you used to not know how to do and now you know how to do? Like, have you ever learned anything? Imagine they're eight, okay? They're like, oh, I'm so stupid. And you're like, well, I think you're smart. Do you? No. Well, have you ever been good at something? Have you ever learned something new? Have you ever figured something out in the past? Now, your child might be like, no. (laughs) And I want you to be able to offer them some examples. So I'm going to give you some examples. There are always examples of your child figuring something out because that's the nature of getting becoming older. So your child has learned to, if they're little, they've learned to walk, talk, go potty on the potty, eat with a fork, sleep in the big boy bed, right? Something like that. They've all figured something out. Older kids, they've learned to read, do simple math, ride a bike, possibly swim, load the dishwasher, whatever they have learned. Your teenager, they've, they've learned how to use money or a debit card. They've learned to stay home alone. They've learned to do laundry. They've learned to maybe drive a car. They learned to keep up with multiple classes in school. So your child has always overcome or learned something new. So you're going to give them some examples that are true, things that your kid actually has done. What you're doing here is you're helping your child's brain basically, find evidence that they have learned some things. The brain needs evidence to believe a new thought. So if we're working on I'm dumb and we're working on I'm smart, that's going to be a new thought. And we're going to give your child an opportunity to believe that thought. And you do that by giving them examples of or evidence of how that could be true. So you're coaching your child to find this new thought, I am smart, And you're giving them evidence of how that could be true. So that's what life coaching is. And it's an amazing, amazing tool. So this is an example of doing that. I gave you an example in the last episode as well. In this episode, what we're doing is we're actually looking for past evidence that the thing you want to believe about yourself is true. All right. So thinking about like these coaching skills, right? You're alert, you're practicing them on yourselves and you're practicing them with your kids. I want you to know that you can't skip to the coaching step. Like even though it's so tempting um, that you really want your kid to like, you know, not be stuck in their negative thoughts or their resistance or their rigidity or whatever it is, you can't skip to coaching. You have to always first listen to your child, validate their emotion, acknowledge the circumstances as being hard for them, that is necessary. It's like you go through compassion to coaching. And you can't get to compassion, to genuine compassion, until you are calm, right? So when I think about like the journey to compassion, it's like you start out angry, frustrated, you know, all of that in yourself. And then you move through neutral to curiosity, to compassion. And then from compassion, you move to coaching. And so 
I just want you to realize that these questions are really, really valuable and really effective, but only after your child feels like you have seen their emotion. Too often, parents want to skip to like the teachable moment or the learning lesson. And instead, you know, you're doing that thing where you're bypassing the emotion. You're going to soothing. You're going to problem solving. And you're not sticking in the actual feeling. Now, when you, are, when you do get to coaching and you get resistance from your child and, you know, you start asking questions like, you know, what do you think? Do you think you're smart? Or is there any evidence of you, you know, like, has there ever been a time in your life when you, you know, overcame this, where you learned something new or whatever? And they're like, no, stop it. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Come on, just cut it out. Leave me alone. Whatever, right? You can just say, okay. You don't have to make their resistance mean anything about you, your relationship, their respect of you. You don't have to think that, oh, they have such a bad self-esteem and they're going to be stuck in this pattern forever because they're not letting me coach them in this moment. You don't have to use this moment as evidence to predict that they're always going to feel bad about themselves or they're never going to let you coach them. Nope. Instead, just see this moment as a moment where they need more compassion, less coaching. More listening, less questioning. More love, less learning. That's it. So you kind of make these attempts at like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you're really smart. What do you think? I don't want to talk about this. Okay. All right. You just know, oh, that person isn't open for coaching right now. No problem. And you just dip right back into compassion. Now, sometimes you're not going to have capacity for any of this, right? (laughs) Like, seriously, you know that there are moments when you're like, "Uh uh-uh, nope, I am not into this. I can't, I cannot, I cannot. It's what we talked about in last week's episode. Like, there are moments when you just don't have the ability to be in it with your kid. So you're going to know that this is happening to you because you're going to start to ignore your kid's emotional montage, (laughs) like that emotional, like whatever that looks like for them, you know, blaming, criticizing, complaining, you know, crying, yelling, like whatever they've got going on, I'm calling it the emotional montage. Then you're, you find yourself just like totally ignoring it or checking out or avoiding it, just not acknowledging it at all. I want you to know that that's okay. Like, I don't want you to think of yourself as a bad mom because you can't show up in that moment with compassion or coaching. No. In that moment, you are a human being and you're the one who needs compassion and coaching, right? You're the one who needs emotional support. Now, bummer is that your child is not going to give that to you. You have to get give that to yourself. And that's what I teach in Calm Mama Club, like how to actually soothe yourself and coach yourself through your own negative emotions so that you can show up as that calm mama that you want to be. And so I want to give you permission that you do not have to attend every big feeling cycle that you're invited to. (laughs) Like sometimes I say, you don't have to attend every argument you're invited to or any problem that your child's having. You don't have to go to the big feeling cycle party, 
But it is always a good idea to respectfully decline the invitation by saying, I, honey, I love you and your feelings are important, but I don't have the energy to listen right now. So you're just setting a boundary. You're setting a limit, like communicating, hey, I love you. Your feelings are important, but I don't have the energy to listen to you right now. So the reason why you want to do this is because you want your child to understand that you do think their feelings are important. You do want to help them, but you're not always available. And that's okay. That's a boundary. That's a very great thing to model. Now, if your child follows you around, you practice your neutral listening, right? That's just going, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, uh-huh. Like they just keep going and you just sort of check out. It's okay. You've already communicated. I'm not listening. Now, remember, they might be like, you're not even listening. And you can say, you're right. Remember, I said that I don't have the energy to listen right now, that I love you and that your feelings are important, but I need to calm my body and my mind first. So you can tell your child that you're not listening. You can even put on headphones, honestly. Now your child might get upset and they might keep going and that's just going to happen. You just have to let them move through their big feeling cycle alone sometimes. That's okay. So this week, what I want you to do is actually not try to get all into the coaching. Like go for it if you're like up for it. I want you to like, you know, Ask those good questions, those juicy questions. Like, I think you're really smart. What do you think? You know, or have you ever over, have you ever learned something before? You know, when else have you been in this situation that you like figured it out? You know, um, you, I want, if you want to do that, go for it. It might get messy. That's okay. So, but really this week, I kind of want you to become aware of what your go-to messages are when your child is expressing something negative. Like, what do you say when your kid comes and shows up and they're just like, you know, and they like kind of go into like a complaint fest or like a big feeling cycle? Like, are you quick to soothe or are you ignoring a lot? Are you minimizing? How are you responding? Just getting really curious about your own pattern is very important. Because then you can catch yourself in, the, in your pattern and you can reset and go back into connection with your child. So you can say, oh my gosh, I'm doing the thing where I'm just minimizing or I'm soothing them or I'm solving the problem for them. And instead, okay, what am I supposed to do? What'd she say? And then I'm telling you right now, what I want you to do is catch yourself, validate their emotion. I wonder if you're feeling hurt. Then offer a thought you have about them. Well, I think you're really kind and I think you're going to figure this out. What do you think? And then ask them what they think. And just see where the conversation goes. Now, compassion with a shift towards coaching is a super powerful tool to have as a mom. Moms are always wondering, like, how do I teach confidence? You know, how do I teach my kids to learn from hard moments? Like, what are, what do, how do, how do I do it? And I'm, I'm offering to you, this is how you compassion first, that's validation, and then shifting towards coaching, that's questions. And so this is this very powerful tool. Now, just like any other tool, 
you need to practice with it to get better at it. Like, you know, any tool that you use, like (laughs) I just got a new toaster oven and I've been practicing with it because I'm trying to figure out like what are all the features of it. And so, you know, I need to like hang out with the tool for a while, right? So practicing all the Calm Mama tools, this is what we're doing in Calm Mama Club. We have two live coaching sessions a week. We have a complete online course with all the tools explained, daily support in the private community. So in the club, you have lots of opportunity to get better and better at becoming a Calm Mama and becoming an emotional coach for your kids. And so I really want you to join. I want you to in the club. It's go to calmmamacoaching.com. You can sign up for $99 a month. And I have a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. So if you get in there and you don't like it, you can just let me know within the first month and I'll give you your money back. Just, oop, here's your $99 back. No problem, right? Because I want you to love the club. I only want you in there if you love it. So you're invited. Join us. If you want to ask me some questions about it, you can like sign up for a consult call. I can talk to you, talk about it all the way through, see if it's a good fit for you. And so that's really where all of the magic happens. This podcast is amazing. It's super helpful. And it's kind of the the stepping stone towards the club so that you can really understand more deeply how to use the tools and get support from me. So hopefully I'll see a few new faces in the club this week and I'm really wishing you a great week, especially for those of you who are wrapping up your summer and heading back into the school year. Some of you have already started school. So, you know, thinking of you. And so hopefully you all have a great week and I will talk to you next time.